time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 257. We are live from Sydney's Vivid Festival here around Circular Quay. My name is Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au. Joined each and every week, wherever we are, on the road, out and about, or at home, by Stephen Fennick from TechGuy.com.au. Good evening, mate. Good evening, Trevor. We are at the MCA once again, We uh, which is sort of... We were here a couple of weeks ago here for, for the eBay... Yeah the virtual reality shopping centre. but so we're, Yeah, we're in the base of the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney, just uh, on Circular Quay. Uh, Vivid is underway. We'll tell you why we're here shortly. We do the podcast. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com. Did I tell you about them shortly? And I should apologise for the atmosphere, but I think the atmosphere adds to the podcast, it Stephen. It, yes. it, it, means, it means that we're putting in effort to, uh, to go wherever. Because we, look, let's be honest... We are now into the sixth month of the year, and we have maintained our commitment to a in-person podcast. Thank you very much, yes, everyone, for I've, your support. I've never seen you more in in my life, Trevor. In these last five months, it's uh, no one's asking questions. No, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Now we're both wearing uh, big red jackets with Canon on the just subtly on the on the front. Um, we are here with Canon uh, at Vivid. Uh, we'll talk about Intel shortly, but it was quite an interesting experience actually to be here with Canon because. You know, obviously, photography is a, a huge part of Vivid. Absolutely. You know, people come down and they take photos for their Instagram, the for their Facebook. They come out of the woodwork for Vivid. Yeah, you've got tripods everywhere here. I've never seen more tripods in one place in my life. And, and so we've come here and we've had a bit of a play with the Canon 80D, which is uh, a pretty new product to the range. It is the beginning of their enthusiast yeah, product. So it's not, a, it's not an entry-level DSLR. It's, a, it's the beginning of the enthusiast. So it's a bit, let, let's be honest, the kit we were walking around with tonight was about 2,200 uh, body and lens. But it does allow a lot of stuff. We were playing with time lapses. We were playing with um, uh, stills, obviously, in manual mode. And we were accompanied by a Canon master, Ryan Chembury, who I interviewed a few weeks ago on Your Tech Life. Um, you know, but also, interestingly, before we talk about Vivid, we were talking before we got into it. And it's got a, uh, it's got a, a mo- the option for a motorized zoom on it. Now, the critical thing there is you can use that in movie Yes. filming because if you're shooting video on a DSLR you know how you twist the lens to zoom it's not it's very it's, cl- very clumsy it's not too, a good look it's too jerky they call it yeah Trip. don't say that come on mate it's too jerky I'm, just, I'm not a jerk <laughs> um, no no it's so, more so like a, a constant uh, zoom rather yeah, so than, so that what the motor does is it actually it actually turns the lens for you in a very constant way so that's a pretty cool accessory is, but yeah. well this this camera in particular is, is and its predecessor is pretty well known for its uh, vi- ability to shoot really nice video hence the reason why they're they're allowing this like on the bottom of the lens we saw there's like a little little contact and little rail system for this for that smooth panning system that we were just talking about and and the thing so what we did um, we were accompanied by uh, one of Australia's best wedding photographers Ryan Chembury and he um, 
showed us some still photography and time-lapse photography because the thing about this is, and I don't know how much photography have you done, I've tried, I've dabbled, but it's bloody hard to get it all right. You've got apertures, you've got exposures, you've got ISOs, you've got shutter speeds, all these things need to come together. So it was interesting to see someone professional just stand there, he look at it, and he, and he starts with the with the ISO, then he looks at the, the aperture, and then he goes to the shutter. And working through it that way, it's a great thing to experiment with. And, and the other thing I learnt tonight, was not to take the same photo as everyone else. There was a point where we were standing in front of the Museum of Contemporary Art and he said, turn around and shoot backwards. And we were shooting the the glare from the projectors. A much much more interesting photo. One second shutter speed so you can see the light actually popping through the picture. But uh, Now that that was a fascinating uh, little walking tour that we did. We went down, we shot the Opera House. We went into a laneway where there was like these illuminated bottles against a nice backdrop. Then we went down to Cadman House, I think the cottage down here as well. We shot the Museum of Contemporary Art. We did a a time-lapse video. So it was what a great way for Canon to showcase not only the new product, but the fact that they've really taken ownership here. They've got a big setup here at the MCA. And so they're not only showing the new devices, but there's people here can go on the same walking tour that we did, hire cameras, be shown how to use them properly. So it's uh, it's there's a three levels. Of, there's yeah. three levels of things you can do here. You can come in and just rent a camera for the night. So you think you know your stuff. You just want to rent a better camera or just trial a camera. You can rent it, pay, and then you return it at the end of the night. You can, as you say, you can take a walking tour. You pay to be accompanied by a Canon master through the place. And then there's there's a helicopter you can take from the airport, yeah. and they have it rigged up with the top of the line camera on a on a on a gimbal so that it's steady. Yep. And you know what? It's only five hundred bucks. Four ninety five. Yeah, I right. thought that was a very good price to, to be part of a helicopter Maybe we flight. Do, do that tomorrow night. We go to. I asked. That, 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 Are you scared of heights, mate? I love helicopters. Yeah, me too. Love them. But um, Canon, we're available. Oh, hello. Um, I made I made a I made a movement, and uh, the suggestion was they might be able to get what us sort a, of movement. They might be able to get us a deal. Uh, I went. That's not the kind of yeah, deal I was looking for. No. <laughs> it has to be a, a zero dollar deal, <laughs> five finger discount yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't five-figure the bloody uh, ca- no, Canon camera. That's not. about seven or eight not. grand. But um, well, anyway, the cameras we were using, the ADD, is apparently going to be about two thousand bucks. Yeah, two thousand two hundred with with the lens we with were an using. Eighteen to one. Eighteen to one thirty-five. One thirty-five lens. But look, a really nice camera, and we will share, I'm sure, lots on Instagram and Twitter. A few yeah. photos that we took, and we were lucky to be accompanied by someone who knew what he was doing. So probably better than than we would normally have got. But I liked how people thought we were Canon masters walking around with these red jackets. Yeah, do you notice they didn't write master on the back of ours? They just no. didn't write anything. Yeah, it just says Canon. Yeah. Not we a good look. Billboards for an hour and a half, weren't we, for Canon? Yeah, yeah. Notice they got our sizes right too. Um, yeah. yeah anyway, there'll be a photo of us, I'm sure, in uh, silly little red jackets. But that's why we're here at Vivid. Uh, with Canon to have a look at their photography and as I say if you're if you're coming down to Vivid it's still open for another uh, week and a half two weeks um, pop in it's the, the uh, First Fleet Park entrance to the Museum of Contemporary Art down it's on down on the ground floor hall, uh, in Foundation Hall and you can just come in and you can look at Canon you can get photos printed you can do a whole bunch of things in here to have a look at their products and um, I can see here right in front of us there's a group of people who yes. have obviously signed up to go on the walking tour and they've got a, a Canon representative who's going to walk them around and show them how to get the best out of Vivid so pretty cool experience really don't you know it's brilliant and, and Canon this isn't obviously the first time Canon have been down here for years as it's not their first so rodeo they do, they do time their new camera the releases for vivid so uh, excellent timing I had, a, I had a really good time tonight I thought I, I, it was good. oh thanks Steve it was, oh, the <laughs> it was it was a great it was a great experience walking around with someone who knows what they're talking about who can show you what you're doing and how you can improve what you're doing if you're into your photography and I'm the sort of person who I'm the sort of photographer who yeah I can take shots with my SLR but I don't know what I'm doing for someone to sort of give me that little bit of a tip 
that is going to open up a whole new world for but me. You know what was really interesting? We had a, uh, a bit of a studio session with some uh, light painting with Graham yes. Murray, I'm going to say his name was. Yeah, he's a wedding photographer. GM photography, anyway. Yes. Um, and he said he, he's got the best, he's got the 1DX Mark D II, Mark whatever. II, yeah. Anyway, he said, uh, you know what, I, when I drive a car, I know how to check yeah, the tyres, yeah. I know how to fill up with petrol, it gets from A to B. He said what a, uh, what a high-end camera like that does is allow him to focus on the photo and not how to get the photo. So he can frame the photo, he can look for the light, he can put people in the right spot, he can he can be at the right angle, and the and the and the camera does the work. Isn't that well? E- even in manual mode, you, the, the the settings you can adjust, the camera does the heavy lifting. The camera that's why it's such a good camera is can it can do that, can capture the light how you should. And all we didn't that. get a chance to, to question him, but he he mentioned you know with digital it's so much easier. Imagine, and I, I said you. Not, what you, the best thing to do is take a photo and then adjust one thing, change the shutter, yeah. change, and you take another one, and then you take another one, and you start to see what makes it better. Yep. Imagine doing that with film. You just oh, I have to come yeah. back next year. Well, that's what he was saying. <laughs> I think Graham was saying that he, he said rather than you standing back and thinking, mm, how should I do this? He just said, shoot the whole time, shoot, just be shooting, like you said, so you can look back at what you've done and then adjust on the on the go. But that was fascinating to hear his his thinking, his workflow, how he frames pictures. It was, it was nice. He was talking about the different lighting types of lighting and how it's used. You know, whether it's afternoon light, morning light, refractive. He even light. talked about the the marks on your lens protector actually adding an element. So imagine imagine there's a spot that used to be rain. It was just it was a dewdrop or something on, on a lens, and you shoot into a bright light. You get that lens flare. Yeah. He says that's a good thing. You can actually use that as part yeah. of the image. It's quite amazing to think about. So. Anyway, really cool stuff here at Canon with Vivid and uh, more information on that over the coming days, I'm sure, at eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, while we're on the subject of Vivid, there was a, a pretty significant announcement from Intel, which is a major sponsor of Vivid Sydney. Uh, and it was all to do with drones and not just any old drones, 100 drones. The Drone 100, which... On its maiden flight, test flight in Hamburg last year in November, set a world record for the most uh, UAVs flown at the same time. Now, they're bringing that to Sydney. It's only for a week, not even five nights. Five days. So it starts June 8th to June 12th, 7.55, weather permitting. They're going to fly. And in the next couple of days, you see a little video that I did with Intel, a little background of how they're going to do it, the platform, we're on the platform and all that. And weather permitting, they're going to fly these 100 drones at night, so they're all, they're all illuminated, flying in formation, forming patterns, the Intel logo, animations, all to music. Beethoven's fifth. For first time they've been flown over water and first time performed live in public. The Hamburg because the Hamburg thing was a, a closed thing. They had an orchestra and all that kind of stuff, but it could have gone terribly wrong and just fallen out of the sky, and they would never have published it. Yeah. But this is huge because it's like over the water for a start, yep. and it's live. There's going to be the public there. And it's, it's significant, too, that Intel is involved with this because Intel actually has a UAV division. So uh, it, they're, they're, they're thinking from an Intel perspective of drones, not only developing drones, but how they're going to be deployed in the future, how they're going to be used. And you're going to talk about drones uh, in a second too, sort of the live the live uh, footage from your drone. But this is going to be a real showcase. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. I think seeing it on a YouTube video is one thing, I think, but seeing it live is going to be something spectacular. Yeah. No, I can't wait. You, um, There are some tickets available. You've got to kind of get in. You go to the Facebook page for Intel 
uh, in Australia. That's if you want to view the VIP if, platform. If you want to try and get to the VIP platform, otherwise, you know, get your best. But it's on the it's on the eastern side of um, of the Opera House, so uh, Farm Cove. So Mrs. Macquarie's chair, you get it in, kind of in reverse, but um, but still the Opera so House. See the Opera House will be the backdrop. Of the, right. Um, but it'll look pretty darn spectacular. Uh, so you say over th- over five nights, weather permitting at 7:55 p.m. Yeah, so it's a seven-minute performance. I wrote. We both wrote something on our site, so you can check on the Intel's Facebook page, and I've linked. We've linked it to both our site from our sites. Whether the performance is going to go ahead, because you, as you can imagine, high winds, storms, rain. They'll pull the pin, but hopefully the weather will be nice next week, and we'll see some spectacular drone vision. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, um, Census this week. Census. Census. Not anyone else. No, 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 no. Um, Release. um, Oh, I've written that. I've written written it. I've written it wrong on the website as well. Yeah, yeah. What about that? Um, it was written at 4 a.m. in the morning, so give me a break. Um, 4 a.m. in the morning, that's one of my pet hates, mate. 4 a.m. in the morning, it's 4 a.m. Yeah. It's, just, mate, it's, it's still, it's still it's in the morning. Distinct from 4 a.m. in the afternoon, yeah, that's what yeah, I say yeah, to mate, people. Mate, there's two 4 a.m.s on there. There's two 4 o'clocks, it's very, very, very <laughs> annoying. Um, the um, So this is a study of 800 people, but it's very demographically well sorted, so they actually find people that's, you know, uh, state-based, you know, it's, it's not heavily Western Australia, it's it's clearly Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Australia, in order. Australian study, it's, yeah. it's also, yes, yeah, Australian study, it's also demographically quite well placed. Um, about 800 people, but the critical thing is that, like, they're looking at everything from how long people spend on social media, um, the social medias they're using, and the ones, the, there's some surprising stats here, starting with the amount of time we are spending on Facebook has gone from about eight hours up to 12 and a half. That's per week. Yes. So 12.5 hours a week on Facebook, up four hours since last year. And of the people on social media, so forget, exclude the people who aren't, of the people on social media, 95% are on Facebook. Smashing it. So, and uh, coming in second, who do you reckon that is? Well, be Instagram. And they own them, you know. 31%, so they've locked that up. LinkedIn is number three. And that's just that whole, you know, people. 24%. And then Twitter, way Do you down at like. Are you on LinkedIn? Oh, I go there now and then just to add add people so I that just I can accept invitations. Yeah. Well, I don't accept them if I don't know them. Which I'm, and you I'm, know what? I'm open to everyone, people. If you want to link in, I'll, I'll accept and you. And you've just nailed one of the other stats in here, which is deep in the detail, which I haven't included here. I don't think, but um, men are more likely to accept requests from people they don't know, especially if they're good sorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Women are more Hello. likely to unfriend you. Really? Yes. Women are. Yeah. Right. I was wondering why num- why numbers were dropping. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of stats in here which you can go through, and the full report is quite unbelievable. Um, census, as they are, not I sent here. Um, I'll update that shortly. They've got they've got they're push, pushing out the stats on on social media. Surprisingly, um, men are more likely to use social media in the workplace. Women are more likely to use it at home. Hang on. I love this stat. Yeah. Males are likely to use twice as likely to use social media on the toilet. Correct. Yep. 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 And How good's uh, that? Good on you, men. Um, yeah. Way to represent. <laughs> uh, males have more Facebook friends, though. 307 on average. Females, 240. Just so you know, I'm batting above average. Yeah, so am I. But, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, I accept anyone. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, um, the businesses, too. Like This is critical. Um, 48% of small to medium businesses are, are on social media. 78% of large enterprises are on social media. And individuals, people, me and you, are more likely to trust a brand 52% if, it, if, the, if we see positive interactions with them on social media. Absolutely.
absolutely. And, and just looking here, 69% of Australians are on social media. So that's that's a lot of people who are not. So that's 31% of well, people yeah. not on social media. Who would they be? You're really young children and maybe older Australians. Yeah, I mean, there's people that just don't care as well. Right. But, you know, there's no doubt that the big networks, and there's a lot of breakdowns you can get on the data, but, you know, in terms, in terms of the age groups, it's not it's not surprising some of the age group breakdowns and things like that. Yeah. But I think what's interesting to me is um, we live in a bit of a bubble if you're on Twitter. It is, like, it's, it's a great thing, but it's such a small thing. Yeah. But interestingly, Twitter's growth, Twitter didn't have any user growth, but they have a huge interaction growth. People, on average, like, spent 36 times they're looking at Twitter. So it's a huge usage of Twitter, Facebook but not a huge number of people. Facebook, and, and while, do you remember when, whenever Facebook changed a single thing, everyone was, oh, no, they've changed it again. How often has it changed and evolved now and people are saying nothing? Yes. More video in your feed, have you noticed that? More video. Have you noticed they put topics now? Yes, when you post something, you can choose your topics. I, I know whenever I post my stories on there, it, 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 automa- it defaults to science and tech. Yeah, but, but, but it's smart, though, because it knows, yeah. like parenting, if I put a photo of the kids up, it puts it under parenting. But I quite like the old uh, topic thing. I think that could quite work for them. Well, I think it's another way to, because you know how there's an algorithm that doesn't let you, like, there's no way it's possible for me to see all of my friends all of the yeah. time. Yeah. So that algorithm's at work. But with this, now that it's in categories, I think it's more of a chance for you to see different stuff going through your categories. So it, yeah. it kind of gives you four times the news feed, if you like. Snapchat didn't really figure anywhere in the uh, in the survey. It's it's there, not but it's yet, eh? not it's yet. no, but it's it's in the nineteen. It's like it's high. It's ninety percent or something. Yeah, twenty two percent. But it just it's, it's, it's kind above, of it's above Twitter now. Yeah, I know. It did. It, it, well, this is the thing, right? Let's just do a snap now, mate. Let's snap. Hi, happy snap. It's officially a Snapchat. It's our first Snapchat on. Uh, oh, is that right? No, we on, haven't done um, one before. Have we? Yeah, oh, we have, okay. Yeah. You do them. You talk while I talk. I just watch. You talk while I talk. Yeah, I know what you observe. I know what you what. No, it's all good. No, but I think you think of. Uh, and I don't know if it's in these details here, but what what like the, the ages of people? I know that on Facebook it has to be what do you have to be 12, 13. 13, 13 to be on. Mate, this little bit younger than thirteen on Facebook. Yeah, they just changed the date. Exactly right. But I'm just so, so that's the uptake. I think that'd be a large chunk of the people who are not on social media are the really young people. That's quite a percentage of people under thirteen. That'd make up what. 10% of the population? 10, 15% I don't of work kids? for the ABS. I don't want to guess. Well, I'm, I'm just speculating. So that would be half of your 31% that's not on social media. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it's interesting. Look, it's interesting data. Um, I think Twitter has the most to be worried about in terms of their overall you know, future growth, those kind of things. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're um, kind of plateaued, haven't they? Their numbers. Yeah. Like what Instagram overtook them in 12 months. Yeah. yeah. In big time. Two blokes talking tech data on the, uh, on the study, which will be updated to represent who it actually came from uh, at eftm.com.au. And we do it all each and every week thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au and every home and small business should have um, solid, powerful Wi-Fi and uh, Netgear can provide that for you. Whether you are a small home or a large home, there's a solution to suit everyone from a basic uh, single band Wi-Fi router to a, to a modem router that has tri-band um, high speed beam forming active antennas they've got it all the x8 being the uh, top of the pops for for netgear and all of that can connect your home and ensure that your kids can stream their video their netflix and all those things while you're accessing the web or files on your local network share them across the network as well uh, netgear.com.au for more information check them out now netgear.com.au two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long. Now, I, I don't know what prompted me to, to do this this week other than... I don't know either, Trevor. No, no, true. Um, I, you know what it was? I um, 
I was doing one of those things that we do often, you know, just looking at people's product roadmaps and, you know, seeing products, stuff that I can't actually talk about. But I saw a product which is in the market overseas but not available here yet. It's a set of headphones, noise-cancelling headphones, but it plugs directly into the lightning port of the iPhone. And that's where it gets its power from. So you don't have to recharge the body things and all that, which is a pain in the bum. So it draws its power like a USB port, lightning. Correct, yeah, right. So it obviously degrades the battery a bit, but it's drawing power there. But also it's fully digital. So it's using the, there's no D8, there's no DAC. It's coming out digital, so it's better quality audio. Anyway, it got me thinking, this is the future, right? Plus I got, you know, you've probably got them too, the Sony, new Sony headphones, there's big over-ear, there's the around the ear, they're Bluetooth, they're wireless, wireless noise cancelling. Mate, we're moving towards wireless, we're moving towards... Audio Technica ones as well. And and it's all heading because Apple in September is going to announce an iPhone 7 that does not have a headphone jack. And... It's a strong rumour, isn't it? And the reason why is because they want to make it thinner. It's a, it's a size yeah, restriction. It's, it's it's, a, if you think of every single part of the, the device and how it defines the, the, the scale of the device, okay, you've got a screen and then you've got the home button. What else? The, the headphone jack, that and the lightning port. So once once you take away the headphone jack, you, you, you go from being able to space. go about 6 mil, you could go to 4 mil potentially. So it could be a thinner device, right? Now, the reason I want to talk about this now is because I, I know that everyone's going to freak out. I just know that it's, everyone's going to be, oh my God, what are we going to do? Now, there when you buy... Convert, there'll be a converter though, won't well, when I'm confident that when you buy the iPhone, there'll be a set of headphones that plug into the lightning port for a start, right? So you'll get a set, right? That's fine. Yeah. Um, people that have existing headphones that they really, really want, there'll be a converter. You'll probably have to pay 25 bucks for it, but there'll be a converter. Yeah. And all the new headphones are coming out with either wireless or they'll have... I don't use headphones now without, that are, with a cable. I'm that's wireless. the thing. I'm already wireless. So I just think chill out, people, if you're going to start freaking out about it. We want to we want to bring you on this journey early, right? Don't and, panic. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think Apple, it's not the first device. There's a couple of, uh, Oppo's got an, uh, an Android phone that has no headphone. There's a few devices out there that don't have headphone jacks, so it's not unusual. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's uh, it, it'd take a company like Apple to do that, though. I think Apple's the sort of company that says, you know what? We're getting rid of the headphone jack. Yeah. And then, but, but now... They've now the in- courage to do it and the, the customer base to do it. Like They've done it before with... with they were one of the first companies to get rid of the DVD, a DVD, a CD drive, a yeah. DVD drive out of their computer. Remember when they changed from the 30 pin to the Lightning? It was oh, a nightmare, and that's God. the nightmare I want to avoid. Yeah, of course. Now I think that we're not going to see this till September, late September, October, and the the fact that Apple's doing it, you're going to see Samsung do it. So get ready, people. Get ready. Headphone jack, thing of the past. It, 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 in the case of the the iPhone. The adapter will be your saviour if you've got a particularly favourite pair of headphones, like like Bose noise cancelling headphones, all wired. They don't have a noise cancelling wireless headphone. But that Bose. has to be their next device, mate. Well, you'd think so. They've got an event actually next week, so I'm hoping that that's one of them. But you think about this as well. What night's that? Maybe that could be podcast next night. Tu- no, it's oh, Tuesday. Tu- Tuesday during, in the morning. But you think about this, though. What do you do? Like, okay, it's one thing to say, okay, headphone companies are going to go wireless, okay, brushing the cable. What are you on the plane? What, exactly right. What do you do? There'll have to be a way to plug in a cable if you want to listen to it on the plane. Well, I would suggest that we're moving much towards bring your own entertainment on a plane anyway. But there's still, mate, I still like to plug my headphones in. My, you know, I've got a little, the, the adapter plug to put in. Maybe, here's an idea, maybe rather than having a physical adapter plug, you still have that plug, rather than actually plugging something physically into it, it's a little, tiny little Bluetooth dongle that no, you, I think you I, plug into the I system. I love the idea, but I think it'll just be a little adapter you, you buy for 25 bucks, and it plugs into the three prong, the two prong, whatever it is, and, uh, and it, your lightning goes into that. And uh, because you, and you'll have a lightning. But, would, but how much more convenient would it be? You're on a plane, 
if you had a wireless connection to the audio system, because you know, you know, you get up, you got to un- take your headphones off, and you get tangled up in the cables. You got yeah, to that's, that's 180 on. people that need to have their their Bluetooth configured. But you know what? It's it's it starts with one. It starts with a few people. Then in five years' time, everyone will be doing it. I think that's probably the biggest area of question is is the is the airline industry and how they cope with this change. You how many people? Noise cancelling headphones. The first thing you think of is, yeah, I'm take them on a plane. Yeah. First thing people do. So that that's an area where, well, okay, yeah, we're going to be wireless for the iPhone, the iPhone 7. But if you've got a 30-hour flight to London, you want to be able to plug your headphones into something. All right. The two blokes are keen to hear your thoughts. Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag on Twitter. If you've got an opinion on the headphone jack or other um, iPhone 7 iterations and rumours, two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. They're playing some great tunes here. Oh, mate, we're uh, getting getting down as uh, our photographer man, for instance. <laughs> great. Now, what am I talking about here, Trevor? The, uh, the There's a device that, you know, we, we talk about a lot of products, you know, a lot of entertainment products, uh, smartphones, computers. But in terms of health technology... I think this is this is one of the, one of the better ones I've seen, and, and it, it addresses an issue, especially if you're a diabetic. Now, I, I don't know any diabetics, but from my understanding, if you have diabetes, you've got to continually test your glucose levels to do that, and you need to do it up to six times a day. You need to get like what they call a lancet, which sort of gives you a little cut or a little finger prick, draw draw a drop of blood, test it out, and you do that up to six times a day, which is, if you're a diabetic, it's one of those chores that you've just got to endure day to day. Well, this new technology that's, that's been released, it's a device called the Freestyle Libre, which will make those finger pricking requirements a thing of the past. We'll make so, pricks a thing of the past, will it? It will, yes. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you some names. Hopefully we'll continue. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, He runs you, a magazine you, and a website. You, th- you think about, though, the... This, this, new, this new device allows you to wear a sensor, which is the size of, a, of two 20-cent coins on top of each other, yeah. on the back of your arm. You know, I volunteered to, to test this, and they said, no, we can't give you one because it would be illegal. Like, because of health regulations, they just, unless you've got diabetes, they can't give it to you. Oh, really? No, no, they just can't, because I don't have diabetes, you can't have it. No, right. But let's be clear, it's a little, little, little pink. They've still got to prick your arm, right? It still has a filament in it that's five, about five mil and 0.4 of a mil yeah, thick, it and it pricks your arm, mate. It goes in, it goes but into your once, fucking skin, mate. Yes. It's once. Yeah. And you wear it for 14 days, yeah. and it's waterproof. You can wear it in the shower, you can try, swim in it, exercise in it, and then you have the reader and then just scan the reader over that sensor yeah. and then it gives you on the screen your glucose reading even gives you a trending diagram so it shows you what trending way up. what way your glucose blood glucose trending now okay. <laughs> invest sell 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 <laughs> two bikes talking tech trending now but uh, now I think you think about here's, here's the catch right it's $95 for the device for the reader it's $95 for the, for the sensor that lasts 19 days 14 days two weeks yeah I know so it's 50 bucks a week right and I said to them I said listen are you kidding me she goes listen I don't know, but if I was pricking my finger six times a day, I'd weigh up the convenience and the cost, and I'd make the decision as to whether it was something I wanted to do. Well, I think, though, being relatively new, I'd imagine that price may come down. You would think if you bought uh, you know, but 10 of them, it'd be look, cheaper. Look at well. demand, okay? And just to look at some stats here, there are 1.2 million diabetics in Australia. Yeah, right. So that's a high percentage of people, right? A large number of people. And 280 people are diagnosed with, that, with diabetes every day. Wow. 
So it's there's a market out there, and anyone anyone listening to this podcast who is a diabetic or knows someone who's a diabetic, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Ziggy Zaggy hashtag on Twitter because would that is that extra money? Like I'm not a diabetic, you're not a diabetic, so we can't really comment. Is it worth that extra money to pay to have this device for the sake of not being pricked six times a day? Okay, what are you laughing at? <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> if you want to get rid of the pricks, is it worth it? I'm not sure I want to be pricked six times a day. That is absolutely guaranteed. But um, the other, <laughs> I did post this. I did get a comment. I probably won't be able to find it right now. But um, someone said to me, because again, we, we, what would we know? But there are other technologies around that don't require the finger prick to get the reading. But I guess the question is, um, How well, yeah. But it's, I think what, what what I read was in that you've then got to do a kind of a, a calibration. You've still got to do a fingerprint to, to calibrate, which is what you don't have to do with this thing. So there are other solutions out there. But again, let's let's hear from you. If you know someone with diabetes, ask the question: yeah, sure Would they be up for a single prick every fourteen days as opposed to six, <laughs> six pricks? You want six pricks a day or a prick once a fortnight? You tell us, people. <laughs> It's just, just descended into kindergarten level down here again. The two blokes. <laughs> two blokes story tank. So, what is it, three, four weeks ago, I talked about um, running my drone and broadcasting it live on Periscope and how bloody frightening it was because... So you, now you don't work, you've got all this spare time oh, on your hands, you're down the beach flying a yep. drone, you know, how good is that? Um, it is, it's awesome. Um, now I don't work, what are you talking... I, I used to say that to you and you'd, you'd, you'd come back at me saying, mate, I work hard every day, yeah. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I'm flying I'm, drones on the beach myself, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, Periscope was, was terrible because you didn't have your drone controls and you know what it's like, you've got yeah, your altitude... a dreadful problem, I hated doing that. It, 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 you're an idiot. <laughs> You, you should know your battery level, your position, Absolutely. your altitude, everything while you're flying. And with Periscope, you don't. So Facebook this week and, Peri- and uh, DJI announced that yeah. Facebook live streaming is now evolved, uh, available in the DJI. Like now, you can, you can YouTube live stream. That's, that's pretty consistent but, um, from your drone. But it's, um, it's a very complicated process to get started. This is so easy, mate. You open the DJI app. You, you press Facebook Live. You log in with Facebook, you choose your profile, your page, whatever it is, yeah. and you just go. Oh, and the comments appear in, in the vision yeah. while you're streaming, you've got your normal you thing. Oh, did you, mate? Oh, thanks, yeah, mate. Appreciate your support. Yeah, it I made was going to comment say, you know, get back to work, you bludger. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. But now this is why, though, you mentioned the ease of this. This is why Facebook's so far ahead of the curve. Oh, mate. They know oh, okay. the deal, okay? They're, 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 the ability to share stuff is so easy, and this is another way that yeah. they've gone leaps and bounds ahead of everyone it's else. Just, you know, if you thought the Facebook Live videos were bad enough as it is now, it's just going to get worse, folks, because... Watching the surfers and all that, mate, it was great. Yeah, no, yeah. appreciate your support. Riveting well, mate, it was a test. It was oh, no. called Test. It was called a live hey, test. I was watching. Thanks for commenting. Did you, did you, did you I didn't know up? you were there. Did, you, did it come up no, when I was viewing? No, it doesn't show you who. It just says number oh, of viewers right. and who comments. Right, eh? Well, what did so you get thanks for to, commenting. How many oh, viewers mate, you got? It was a 10-minute fight. You got like 10. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I was one of those 10. You were one of the 10. There you go. I should have commented. You're a very special individual. Yeah. Uh, two blokes talking tech. Now, it's, uh, at the moment, I think we're just uh, seeing uh, Computex in Taipei. Which looks like a riveting thing. Winding, yeah, winding down. Well, as you'd expect, there's a lot of big computer companies. This is their big stage. But to we're talking, products. but let's be clear, in comparison to EFA, CES and whatnot, this is computer component companies primarily yeah. because you're talking about, you know, graphics cards and hard drives being announced. There are look, some look, cool look things. Where it is, though. Taipei, yes. which oh, yeah. Taiwan is where this... Com- it's stuff made lot. in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Well, most, <laughs> most of the things, probably four of the things on this desk are made in Taiwan. 
But are we the, two uh, of them? The uh, <laughs> the 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 show itself. When you you've been have you been to computer copy text? No, I've, I've been a couple of times. It, it, you know, it's very, obviously computer centric, and you're right. It is not a lot of consumer stuff, but it is the stage where here are the new computers, here are the new laptops, and one company that in particular used this as an occasion was Asus, and they launched their Zen. Asus or Asus? It's Asus. I, I don't know. I've got no idea. Yeah, Asus, but they launched their ZenBook Three. And made, made no secret of the fact that it was a really thin and light device. And naturally, when it's thin and light, what do you compare yourself to? The MacBook. So they said that it's thinner. Why were we whispering? Lighter. I don't know. There aren't any... Uh, this, this bug over here might be a company representative, but is uh, thinner, lighter, and faster than the MacBook. So the, the, the MacBook kind of set the benchmark remember the, the 12 inch macbook yeah. i'm talking about here, 12 point 12 inch retina display i think it's 13.1 millimeters thick weighs 920 grams well the zenbook 3's come over the top and it's 11.3 millimeters thick 910 grams sorry am i boring you mate you're yawning Struggling. you're yawning um so and it's got that's a, my bedtime it's got an intel i7 processor on board whereas the silicon aboard the the macbook is the core m3 so they were that this is azusa oh, it is too twice as fast as the macbook so uh yeah obviously the big difference is that one's a windows machine and the other's mac os i can't see macbook users throwing their macbook down and run screaming to the azus store and or vice versa but interesting to I see if azus had a store <laughs> well, they have a lot of uh, distributors, let's just say. But the ZenBook 3, it, it, it looks dead set like an identical twin of the MacBook. And it is going to be available. Which it, is rare for, for there, Chinese, there are, Taiwanese there, companies there to do. There are some similarities, you're right. There is a, a USB-C port and a headphone jack. So headphone jacks are still around on the computers. Okay. iPhone, not so much. This computer, definitely. The ZenBook 3, no release date as yet. That's the MacBook, and that's the ZenBook here. Look. We're at techguide.com.au, folks, yeah. uh, and there is a striking similarity between the two ZenBook devices. 3? MacBook. But let's not uh, ZenBook 3, MacBook. ZenBook 3, yeah, MacBook. But let's not kid ourselves. If they were in a police lineup, you'd be hard to tell them apart. <laughs> it get, was him, Your Honor. Get Kramer in there, that'd help. <laughs> um, the details of the ZenBook 3 are at techguide.com.au. All right, uh, Stephen's Minute Reviews is how we traditionally end the program, but to not tonight because I've decided not to. No, I'm only joking, Stephen. Um, <laughs> what are we kicking this it off with? A tracker? This is a tracker. Now, this thing is... It's not the, a mint you eat. No, it's not. M-Y-N-T, and it's the thinnest smart button on the market. Now, so we're comparing it to a tile and those kind of things, that's right? That's correct. That's right. This is 5.5 centimetres long, 2.5 centimetres wide, 3.5 millimetres thick, so okay. it's actually thin enough to fit into your wallet. So long and wide but not pocket. thick. That's right. It's very small device. You can even put it uh, on your pet's collar. You can put it in your child's clothing. You can put it in on your keys. So basically, it, it tells you when you and your your phone and the and the mint tracker are separated. So if I was to say leave my wallet here and walk out of the cafe or restaurant, I'd get a warning to say you, you don't you forgot your wallet because you can identify several mint trackers based on where you've located them. You can stick it on your front of your laptop, you can stick it on your TV remote control at home, anything you want to be able to find really easily, the Mint Tracker lets you do it. So it allows you to not only get that notification, you say, if it's say in your child's pocket, so you know that if they've actually moved a certain distance away from you or your, your pet's gone off your property, you get a warning. So the tracker can be used that way. It can also be used 
to say you're trying to locate your TV remote control, you don't know where it is, you can actually send a signal to the tracker for it to make a noise. So you, you can track it as well. Really cheap. They're only $25. They're available from our mates at simtechtech.com. So 25 bucks. So for that amount of money, you might buy two or three. Maybe have one in your wallet, have one on your key ring, uh, one on the TV remote, one on your passport, one on your dog's collar. So a really easy way to track, find. And if you happen to lose something, Say you lost your wallet and it's gone, but there's a Mint Tracker in it. Every Mint Tracker user in the world, when they come within 50 meters of a tracker that's been designated as lost, they'll get a, they'll get a notification. So that the worldwide Same as Carl, but the, yeah, the worldwide community. community can help you locate things. That is a community, that, and this is just an editorial, but I think that needs to be open source. So the problem with Mint and Tile and all those things is they're, they're individual communities. That stuff should be open source so that the um, a Tile user can find a Mint and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, whole other issue. Tile user can find a Mint. Bloody oath. got bad breath. Two folks talking tech. Right here from our mates at Braven, a big ass speaker. Big ass speaker, that's right. This big this big bad boy, the Braven BRV Double XL. I can see Trevor's flagging badly here, so I'll do double, this no, really I'll quickly. I thought I drew tears. I think I thought he was crying. Now this crying is with joy ass. because these reviews, <laughs> unbelievable. This is a big ass speaker, okay? Now, I, I've patented that line. 51.4 centimetres long, 21 centimetres wide, weighs 8.2 kilos. You again with the width and the length. Well, mate, yeah, this is something that'll be too heavy for you, I reckon. 8.2 kilos. Oh, I'm out. You're gone. Yep. Okay, comes with a shoulder strap and everything, okay? Yeah, I need a trolley. <laughs> It also, you can control it from your Braven audio player, so you can not only access your own music, your own streaming services, but you can also access the equaliser settings as well. So if you, know, you like a bit more treble, I like a bit more bass. I'm more of a mid-man. There we go. Uh, there's also, but the thing with this, it's got a massive 15,600 15, milliamp hour battery on board. So this, like the other Braven speakers, can, let, can charge your devices too. Perfect for camping because it, that'll charge like several days worth of charge Absolutely. and then still be a speaker. So your smartphones, your, your tablets, any USB power device will get a charge as well as this device having 14 hours of runtime on a full charge as well. So, And it's, it's waterproof, it's rugged, so you can take it out camping down the beach, by the pool, wherever you like. The BRV XXL from Braven, it's priced at $549.99. But when you think about how big this thing is, like there's people paying three dollars Size doesn't matter, Steve. Speaker. <laughs> well, in this case, I keep telling you this. bigger's better in this case, okay? If you're a go big or go home man like Which myself, I'm not. like myself, the, the Braven BRV XXL is your speaker. $549.99. <laughs> I've got nothing. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor well, that is episode 257 with the ambient um, sound of the Canon HQ here at Museum of Contemporary Art, Vivid Sydney. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Stephen, we'll be back again next week. We will find a time and a place, and we'll be together once again. I think there is an event on next week that we'll be, we'll be doing. I think there's a... Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think you of it. You don't have to diarise now with the listeners. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back next week. Yes, we will. See you then.